Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study. I'm so happy that you're here today, and I believe that God's Word for you today will build you up in faith and will help you to walk the deep walk that God wants you to enjoy with Him. We're going to be in Acts chapter 1, and let's drop down to verse 4, and let's open up today in prayer. Heavenly Father, as we jump into your word, we ask for your Holy Spirit to illuminate the scriptures and that the eyes of our understanding, the inward eyes of our spirit, would be able to conceive and understand your word and apply it to our lives today. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I'm so glad that God's word is seed and that when you sow it into your heart, you will conceive the miracle that God has planned for you. Now, Acts chapter 1, verse 4, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. So he told them to stay there in Jerusalem. And we know that when Acts chapter 2 came along, on the day of Pentecost, they were praying. So it was very important for them to stay put there and to wait, wait for the promise of the Father. But while waiting, there was a lot of prayer going on. And that's what I want to encourage you to do, that as we get very near Pentecost, which is about 20 uh, days or 19 days away, I want you to spend extra time in prayer, preparing your heart for this special day. I believe that the Lord has blessings for you. I believe that the Lord has a new anointing for you on the day of Pentecost, but you want to get your heart ready for it by preparing, by waiting with the Lord in prayer. Now, verse 7. Actually, let's drop down to verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Now, I know that many of you that are watching, you have already received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You speak in other tongues, and the gifts of the Spirit operate in your life. But there are others. You have not yet had that wonderful experience, and the Lord certainly would love to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. So open your heart to that. And if you have not yet had that, prepare your heart for that because your moment is drawing near. Praise God. So for those who have already received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, I see a new anointing coming for you and we want to get you positioned for that. And there's no better way to do that other than praying, meditating on the scripture and getting ready for a special encounter with the Lord. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Well, uh, there's a couple of North Carolina preachers. I think they took that scripture a little bit too far. As many of you know, the, the Honda car company has their USA headquarters in Greensboro, North Carolina. And uh, I, a couple of preachers got real excited about that. And they said, all, they said everybody in the early church was driving the Honda vehicle. 
And, you know, some theologians asked him and said, now, where's that at in the Bible? And they, those North Carolina preachers, they quoted Acts chapter 2, verse 1. It says they were all in one accord. Well, praise God, that had been a lot of people in one little car, but my friends, nevertheless, we want to be in unity and agreement with God, with His Word, and with each other. Verse 2, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat up on each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Woo! Praise God. Before a sending out of the Lord, there is always a fresh anointing, a new anointing, an impartation that comes from God on high. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. I really want you to be seeking the Lord in a special way between now and Pentecost, because I believe there are things about your life that God has planned for you to step into, and I would be so bold to say that some of these things you're not aware of. Praise God. I think that there are scrolls that are rolled up, scrolls of destiny, Scrolls where God has written out, even before you were ever born, God had written out assignments and certain things that you were supposed to accomplish on this earth. And these scrolls, it may just be one, it may be two, but for some of you, you have never read the scroll. You have lived your life in your own strength. You have followed your own whims. You have followed a, maybe what we would call just a very normal career life. And you've lived a nice life, and it's been a good life, but you've never been able to look at that scroll and see what is that unique thing that God wants me to be involved in. Is my life a life destined to be one where I'm just like everybody else, we're all punched out of some kind of a cookie cutter mold? Or could it be that God, God has a greater purpose here for me rather than just going to work eight to five? Although work from eight to five is very, very good and very, very important. Without work, you don't have any dignity. So, and also without work, you don't have any money. Praise God. So we thank God for that blessing of work. But there is also something special, significant, that God has designed for you to do more than just waking up in the morning, putting your clothes on, eating breakfast, and going out the door and doing, you know, the same thing over and over and over again. I believe that if you are prayerful and you really seek the Lord with all of your heart, that going into this Pentecost, there will be those who are for the first time in their life will be able to read what is on their scroll of destiny. And I'm not just talking about salvation where you're saved and you know you're going to heaven. Look, you already know that. The Holy Spirit living on the inside of you bears witness with your spirit that you are a child of God. So you know that you're saved. You know you're on your way to heaven. But, but you still want to carry out the purpose that God has for you here, the assignment, praise God. And I believe that you're going to be able to find out what that is. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Uh, Pastor Stephen, I would really like to know. I understand. I understand. And that's very normal. Let's, let's jump into this further. The book of Habakkuk, please, in the Old Testament. Habakkuk chapter 1. Please drive over there in your Honda Accord. Habakkuk chapter 1. Woo, glory. Verse 1. The burden which the prophet Habakkuk saw. O Lord, how long shall I cry and you will not hear? Mm, as if God doesn't hear when you pray. He hears, but you have to understand the answers in his own time and in his own way. How long shall I cry and you will not hear? Even cry out to you, violence, and you will not save. Why do you show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble? For plundering and violence are before me. And, you know, that's like the way it is in some of our modern cities today in America. There's just plundering. There's violence. There's, there's murder. There's just all kinds of awful things that are taking place. And this is what he was seeing concerning the, the people of God. He said, there is strife and contention arises. Therefore, the law is powerless and justice never goes forth. And that's a very frustrating thing when you see, you see the innocent put in the prison and you see crooks, people that are cheaters and liars and thieves. You see them do crazy stuff and, and just totally get away from it uh, or get away with it. it. Or at least it would appear to be. Now, we know from the eternal perspective that judgment will be properly served. But sometimes it can look like temporarily there is a suspension of justice and it doesn't seem fair. For the wicked surround the righteous, therefore perverse judgment proceeds. Perverse judgment where wicked organizations, they attack a person that hasn't really done anything wrong and they somehow set that person up or put the heat or the pressure on that person. And the next thing you know, they're arrested and they're in jail or prison for 10 or 20 years for doing hardly anything. Whereas people that do severe crimes and uh, do it quite well, they're just walking around free, lots of money, uh, the, nothing going on that would trouble their life. And this is kind of what Habakkuk is seeing and it troubles him. And he's wanting God to give him insight into why are things the way that they are. And he just pours it all out before the Lord. He wants answers. Praise God. And he's going to get them. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 1. I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me. You have to understand that God will talk to you. If God couldn't speak, then we'd have some real issues here. First of all, nobody wants to serve a dead God or a mute God who cannot talk. And I'm so glad that the God that we serve is alive and he is quite able and quite willing to speak to us. I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I'm corrected. In other words, he really just kind of let it all out there before the Lord and wasn't really accusing the Lord, but he was basically saying, Lord, how come you're not doing anything about this? Lord, where is your response? Verse 2, and this is very amazing. Verse 2, then the Lord answered me and said, the Lord answered, wow. Well, the prophet said, I'm going to just stand my watch. I'm going to 
set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me. So you get real comfortable and you find your place where you spend your devotional time, your fellowship time with the Lord, and you kind of settle down and you just keep visiting that place and you keep visiting the Lord in that place and you just keep hanging out. And eventually the time will come when the Lord will talk. I remember the time where I was at my house and my wife and daughter, they were doing something. I can't remember what they were doing, but they left the house, drove away. And I knew that I had hours to spend with the Lord. So I grabbed my Bible, grabbed my notepad and just really didn't have an agenda. Just uh, I didn't even really have any questions. I just wanted to hang out with God. So I just went uh, into the bathroom and closed the door, sat on the floor, and time began to pass. And I just kept spending time with the Lord, uh, spent, spent some time looking at Scripture, spent some time, uh, you know, as we would say, prayer, or just kind of like fellowshipping with God. Not like the fervent prayer, but just kind of hanging out with the Lord, talking with the Lord. And I did this for several hours, and nothing Nothing really happened. Nothing really happened. After I'd been doing it for some while in the bathroom, I moved into the, into the bedroom. Not that I thought the change of location would help, but it was a sunny day, and I could move into the, uh, the bedroom, and now some sunshine was coming in. And I just kept on going for a long time. And eventually, uh, after hours had passed by, I happened to look out the window. I looked up for my time of prayer and looked out the window, and I saw my wife driving up the hill in the vehicle with my daughter in the vehicle they're driving up and I knew from the point that they're at right there coming up to the top and then coming back down the driveway and so forth I knew that would be about exactly two minutes for them to get to the house and then for me to begin talking to them and spending time with them because I'd had hours with the Lord and so I knew I had two minutes and as soon as I saw them and I they were driving up. Then I kind of t put my attention back on the Lord. As soon as I did that, the Lord started talking. And it, it seemed like, to me, from my perspective, it was like standing underneath the waterfall and you're getting rained on. That's what it was like. The Lord began to share things with me and revelations of His Word, and He began to just shoot like uh, bullets of revelation. It was just all falling on me like fresh rain. And I, I didn't try to interrupt the Lord, but I, I just couldn't help but ask. I just said, Lord, I said, I've been here for hours, and you haven't said one thing to me, and now we've only got like less than two minutes. Why would you not say anything, but now suddenly you're talking to me, and we've hardly got any time left. <laughs> and I'll never forget it as long as I live. The Lord spoke to me. I heard his voice, not audibly, but in here so clearly, just as if a person were sitting right next to me and, and it spoke it. It just reverberated in me and all around me. He said, I've really been enjoying your company. And I didn't speak on purpose because I was trying to keep you here just as long as I could. See, many people, if God speaks, they're up and they're gone. They're like, whoo, I heard from God, whoo, and they're, and they're gone. It's more about just, you know, getting an answer and then leaving. But the Lord, he'll answer you, but he's also into the element of, of, of fellowship and, you know, get to know me. And that's what really what the heart of God is. But that just melted me. That made me so happy. He had actually held back an answer 
for the specific purpose of just keeping me hanging around, hanging around until I got it. So you have to understand that. You have to understand about the nature of God, the character of God, and he's more than just an answer man, you know, Lord, give it to me, then I'll leave. Uh, he wants a relationship. And when you have that relationship, you can really get almost any answer that you want unless it's something that's out of bounds like it says in Deuteronomy the secret things belong to the Lord and so there are some things we're not allowed to know not allowed to peer into and if that's the way it is he'll tell you and then that that's totally cool don't need to know anyhow but many other things which is a vast ocean he, he'll be happy to talk to you about it but you really have to go after the Lord and pursue the Lord I'm here to tell you today that if you seek him with all of your heart, he will, not that he might, or hopefully, no, no, he will answer you. Praise God. You know, I remember one of the teachings of prophet Walter Butler, and Walter Butler sensed that the Lord wanted to talk to him. And so what he did is he told his wife, you know, uh, I sense the Lord wants to speak to me. I don't know what about. And see, I, that's what I'm getting from many of you. The Lord wants to talk to you, and you don't know what it's about. Because there's something that he's got for you that you don't even know yet. You know, I don't even think it's on your radar. Maybe you can sense a, maybe a little bit, but I, I think for some of you, you've never read the scroll. You can't even, you know, roll the paper back a little bit. You don't know what's on there. But I believe if you give him your undivided attention, you're about to find out. Mm -mm. So Walter Butler told his wife, I really feel like the Lord wants to speak to me. I, I don't know what about, but so I'm going to, uh, you know, go to a hotel and he named a home the hotel and uh, went away for two days. And his wife was like, yes, go, go ahead and hear from the Lord. You know, that, that's a good thing to a godly wife. And, um, and so he goes to the hotel and he starts praying and fasting. And so he said he'd been there for just a little over 48 hours no food, and praying all day long, and just getting a little bit of sleep at night, uh, and just, you know, get a little sleep, just get refreshed, get back up, and even pray throughout most of the night. And he said after 48 hours, he sat on the bed, and he was, he was kind of fatigued. And he said, he said, Lord, he said, my, he said, it, it, it takes you a while to answer, doesn't it? And the moment he said that, the presence of the Lord came into the room. I mean, the Holy Spirit came into the room with such power. And the first thing that the Holy Spirit said to him is this. To rush God is to find fault with God. Mm -mm. Let me say that again. To rush God is to find fault with God. In other words... It's maybe it's not like we directly say, hey, Lord, you're not going fast enough, you know, but it's kind of implied through a negative uh, statement like that. And, and Butler, you know, he, he repented very, very quickly. <laughs> and he's like, Lord, I'm sorry. You know, I'll, I'll just uh, I'll, I'll wait. But the Lord did come. And it was that time we talked to him and talked to him. Now, watch this for four hours straight the Lord came in his presence and spoke to him out of a ball of light and I had an encounter like that with the Lord one time where it lasted for an hour and a half and he spoke to me one to one one to one 
and share things with me that I, I wouldn't have traded for anything. Praise God. Well, Walter Butler received a personal four-hour visitation from the Lord in a vision. And the Lord shared things with him concerning the subject matter that he was supposed to teach, which would become his primary thrust of teaching. See, can you imagine Prophet Kenneth Hagin without the faith message? That, that's, in a sense, who he was. Can you imagine Or Roberts or Benny Hinn without a healing ministry? That's a primary thrust of what God called them to do. Uh, and so you look at the great men, the great ministers that God has raised up throughout the centuries and throughout the generations, and you'll notice they had a specific mandate from God to minister to that mandate to their generation. Woo, glory to God. But my friends, you have to know what that is. And so it was out of that encounter that Walter Butler basically received for the first time in his life an understanding of what his assignment was. And it was to teach on what became his subject theme, the manifest presence of God. And that was his specialty. And really, in many ways, nobody could teach it like he did. That was his unique assignment. Praise God. But look, if he had not found out what that was, then he could not have stepped into that assignment. By the way, that assignment launched him into a prophetic teaching ministry that took him to over 100 nations. So before he had that, he had not gone to one nation as far as going out as a prophet. But once he had that visitation, then he went out with that message. And it really took him literally all over the world. So I believe that there is something in this season that we're in, this Pentecostal season, where you're going to get the scroll. See, Pentecost revolves around the Jews receiving the law through Moses on Mount Sinai. In other words, instructions were given, commandments were given, and I believe there's going to be some instructions given to you specifically for you. Woo! Glory to God. Get ready to receive. Don't let silly foolish things distract you. Oh, well, Pastor Stephen, we're, we're coming out now of the, uh, you know, coronavirus, and all the sports are starting back up. Uh, be real careful. Uh, God has uh, very high-level things to reveal to you. Don't let silly stuff distract you from the unveiling of God's assignment for your life. I'm telling you, some of you, you have no idea what's coming to you. You have no idea the special, unique, tailor-made plan that God has just for you that he is going to unveil to you. And so you really need to give him your fullest attention. Praise God. Hallelujah. One time I was talking to a man, a very religious man. Uh, he loved God. He didn't believe in the baptism in the Holy Spirit for the modern-day church. He didn't believe in modern-day miracles, but he was saved, and he loved Jesus. And uh, we had a conversation one day, and he brought up the subject of prayer. And he said some things about prayer that were kind of like, you know, like nice and religious. And, uh, well, I thought, well, I would just make a few comments, too. And I just kind of spoke from my heart. And while I was talking about prayer, he, he interrupted me, and he stopped and looked at me with the eyes like that big, like uh, almost like you know, kind of like thought I was crazy or something. He said, he said, you know, from the way you're talking, you actually talk 
like perhaps you believe that when you pray, God's going to answer you. And I just, I couldn't help it. I just started laughing. I said, yes. <laughs> I, said, I said, have you not read the Bible? He said, oh, but God doesn't really speak to people today. I said, well, of course he does. I, I said, you have to understand that God talks. God speaks. Oh, my friends, this is very, very important. We're not just going through some kind of religious routine where we're jumping hoops or jumping spiritual jump ropes just to do these religious exercises. No, this thing is very, very real. Woo, praise God. Mm, 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 mm. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 18. What profit is the image that its maker should carve it? The molded image, a teacher of lies, that the maker of its mold should trust in it to make mute idols. Idols made out of wood, made out of a piece of stupid stone. Well, it's overlaid with gold, Pastor Stephen. Yeah, but it's just a rock. It's just a, it's just a dumb block of wood. Woo! It can't even talk. <laughs> oh, but it sparkles. Yeah, but it, it's mute. It has no power. Woo! Woe to him who says to wood, awake to silent stone, arise, it shall teach. Behold, it is overlaid with gold and silver, yet in it there is no breath at all. There's no life in it. It's all dead. Who wants to serve a God that can't talk? <laughs> I'm telling you, if you want the Lord to speak to you, and you really mean business, He'll talk to you. He'll talk to you. Mm -mm. But you must invest your time in prayer, calling out to God, knowing, believing that he will. And he will, my friends, he will. Get ready. Get ready to hear from the Lord some things that I would suggest, that I would prophetically declare to you that you've never heard before. Mm -mm. Concerning God's plan for your life. Jeremiah chapter 33, <laughs> Woo! verse 3, call to me and I will answer you. Well, Pastor Steve, you just never know what God's going to do. He's going to do what he said he would do in his word. Mm. Woo! As if God's some kind of schizophrenia God, well, he doesn't even know what he does. No, no, God, God knows exactly what he's doing. He does what he says. He will do. God's not confused. Call to me, and I will answer you. Now watch this. And show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Oh, Pastor Stephen, I know it all. You're lying. Woo! God knows things that you don't know about your life, about your future, about next month, about next year. And he wasn't taken off guard by the coronavirus. He knew that was coming, and he knows other things. He knows everything. But, my friends, he's going to unveil to you as you call to him on the red hotline phone to heaven. God is going to reveal to you great and mighty things which you do not know. Not just stuff. Not just what the latest fad will be next year. You know, that's not, no, no, no. He's going to show you great and mighty things pertaining to his assignment and plan for your life. Mm, don't be asleep at the wheel. This is the time to be alert and to be awake and to be pressing into the things of God. Look, I believe that what the Lord is going to show some of you, 
will set the course for the next 10 years of your life. You won't be wandering. You'll be going straight as an arrow, advancing towards the target that God has placed before you. Walking in the path of the righteous. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And God's going to reveal it to you. But you have a responsibility to call. The Lord said, call to me. Well, Pastor Stephen, why, why can't God just tell it all? Because he didn't set it up like that. Remember, this is more than just getting an answer. He wants relationship. He wants you stabilized in Christ, his son. Mm -hmm. That's why you have to be willing to hang out with the Lord. Hang out with the Lord. Get to know Him. Get to know all about Him. Spend time in His Word. Spend time in prayer. Spend time in His presence. Sing songs to Him. Worship Him. Praise God. Hallelujah. And then call out to Him. He will answer you. He's going to come and show you great mighty things that you've never even thought about before. That you do not know. But yet, He has reserved them for you in this hour, in this moment of time. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, Pastor Stephen, when the Lord answers, how does he do it? How does he do it? Many different ways. I, I don't know how he's going to speak to you. Perhaps you'll hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Perhaps you'll have a vision and you'll see the Lord and he shares something with you. I, I don't know. Maybe you'll have a vision and an angel will come to you saying, I am sent by the Lord, I stand in the presence of the Lord, and I've come to share this with you. Wouldn't that be nice? It can happen to you. Don't doubt it. It can happen to you. Praise God. Maybe there is a strong burning inner witness that you can't shake of a new revealing of what God has for you, and you feel like you're on fire. Praise the Lord. You have those moments. Praise God. Sometimes the angels come and you can't see them, but you get so hot. It's like you're supercharged with the fire of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And it's often during those moments when it's like you're in the glory that also it's unlocked and you're able to see what is written on the scroll. Praise God. Other times, and I've, I've had this numerous times, and by the way, I can't make it happen when there's no anointing. You can't make God do anything unless, uh, unless the Lord is moving, and perhaps He allows you to participate in, you know, special faith, working in miracles and things like that. Then some of that He allows you to kind of guide the ship. But outside of that, you cannot fabricate something in the flesh. You must have the anointing of the Spirit, the moving of the Spirit, in order for the life of God, the breath of God, to be breathing on it so that it's real. Because, look, you have to hear from God. For real. You can't make something up. Any old fool or goofball could run out there and say, God told me this. Uh, we're going to find out. We're going to find out if God told you that. Because we're going to see if you're going to complete what God told you to do. Any assignment, anything that God tells you to do, the enemy is going to be there. Now, I'm not saying the enemy is going to stop you. But I'm saying the enemy will bring Challenges. That's why you need to know that you know that you heard from God. The last thing you want to do is get in the middle of something because you said, I heard from God. When in the, in the inner part of your heart, you know you didn't really. But now you're out there, and now you're just like, well, you, what do I do now? Well, that's not the time or place for that. You've got to get all that ironed out by hearing clearly 
from God and knowing that God has spoken to you. And look, God can send a prophet to you. God can send a prophet to you that, as we say, can read your mail. In other words, know the plan and the will of God for your life. And when you hear that word, it'll bear witness with your spirit. Praise God. Because there's harmony. Uh, the same Holy Spirit that's bearing witness with you is the same Holy Spirit speaking through the prophetic voice. Praise God. There is also, and let me jump back to this, one that's happened to me a lot. I would call it uh, supernatural illumination of the Scripture, where the Holy Spirit comes, and you're, you've got your Bible, and He illuminates a Scripture so strong. Now, it can happen two ways. One, it can happen where you're just kind of hanging out with the Lord, and He gives you a, gives you a Scripture. And he says, this is for you. And he maybe says, you know, Psalm 66 or something like that. And he gives the verse. And you don't even know what it says. That's really exciting. And you go there. And you go there. And you look. And you're like, oh, my goodness. That's it. That's the word of the Lord. Uh, so that, that's one way it can come. Another way. And look, you can't do this unless the Holy Spirit is there in manifestation. Another way is when. Supernatural faith, I call it, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the gift of faith or the gift of special faith. It comes upon you and you literally can take the Bible and it's worked for me different ways. Sometimes I'll just open it randomly and the Holy Spirit will work through me as I'm opening it and I'll open it to a certain spot and a scripture will just leap up like a hologram off the page. And other times I can kind of, I can sense, oh, it's back this way or it's over this way. And I don't, I don't even really know where I'm going. I just know I'm getting hot. I'm getting warmer. I'm getting hot. And I know it. And then I'll get there and it'll lift up and I'll, I'll see it like it's literally hovering a couple of inches off the pages. Woo, glory to God. And that's really what happened to St. Francis of Assisi, the 13th century great man of God. Look, I'll tell you, he's a heavyweight in the spirit. But when he received his commissioning, he had just spent the entire night in prayer. The night before, he was in prayer and stayed in the house of a very, very wealthy man. And St. Francis prayed all night. He didn't know that the wealthy man who was allowing him to stay in the house, actually was watching him. He put St. Francis in a very nice room with a beautiful bed, and St. Francis laid down on the bed, said goodnight, and the guy closes the door and leaves. Well, St. Francis never slept on the bed. So soon as the guy closed the door and left, he got out of the bed and got back on the floor and got on his knees and he just started praying, started worshiping God. He started worshiping the Lord. He got so caught up in worship that he just uttered the same thing all night over and over for hours and hours until the sun came up. <laughs> just, it was just something simple. I can't remember what, what it was, but it was something like, oh, God, I worship you. Oh, God, I worship you. He got so caught up in worship. He just did that for hours. Well, he didn't know it, that the man, the wealthy man that he was staying with, that man's name was Bernard. Bernard was like, is this guy for real? And so Bernard Unspeknowing to St. Francis, he opened up the door very quietly and looked in and saw, not St. Francis sleeping on the bed because he never slept on the bed, saw him kneeling on the hard floor worshiping the Lord. And he just watched. And he just watched and watched and watched. And after hours of watching and, and also being touched by the glory and the anointing of the Spirit upon him, he, he came to St. Francis in the morning and said, 
I am convinced, woo, <laughs> hallelujah, I am convinced that God is real. I fully dedicate my life to Jesus Christ, and I am convinced that you are a servant of the Most High God, and as of right now, as of this moment, I dedicate my life to serve you and follow you in the ministry as you lead me. You'll be my spiritual father. <laughs> and St. Francis jumped up so happy. Woo, yes. He said, you'll be my first disciple. And that man became known as St. Bernard. And of course, later, years later, when St. Francis was on his deathbed, he transferred the mantle of leadership of what became known as the worldwide movement of St. Francis, of, excuse me, of Franciscans. He transferred that to Bernard to carry on that mantle. By the way, that mantle has been carried on. Uh, I think there's been 120 successors, and there is a successor today overseeing now over about one million Franciscans within the Catholic Church today. But here's the thing. After praying all night, getting up in the morning, and Bernard saying, hey, I want to, I want to like serve the Lord, and I, I want to follow after you because you obviously know how to, how to lead. Uh, St. Francis said, this is wonderful. This is wonderful. We must go to the church today, and we must Open up the Word of God and trust that God will speak to this work that God has called us to do, and we're going to believe that God's going to speak. And it's recorded in history that he went to the local church. The Bible was, was up on the altar. He took the Bible and just randomly opened it, and ba basically knowing that God was going to speak to him, and opened up to three consecutive scriptures. Now remember... God will speak by two or three witnesses, okay? And the Lord gave him three verses, all in harmony, all beautiful harmonizing, telling him exactly the identity and the core thrust of his ministry. Woo, hallelujah. And when they knew what it was, they were so ecstatic <laughs> that St. Bernard, who was extremely wealthy, extremely wealthy, took all of his possessions, and he and Francis went out and began to give it all away, give it all to the poor, and uh, it, was, it was the beginning of a great move of God, and within a short period of time, St. Francis had raised up by the power of the Holy Spirit 5,000 missionaries throughout Europe. Woo, praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Some of you, you're going to have your moment very soon where you're going to wake up in the morning and God's going to say, open my word. I'll speak to you today. The word, the assignment that I have pre-planned for you to step into. Hallelujah. And that unveiling also is your commissioning into that assignment. Look, you get it from heaven. You've got it. Hallelujah. And if you get it from heaven, it will hold you up. When Jesus was walking on the water and Peter said, Lord, if that's you, bid me that I come. Jesus said, come. One word. Come. And based on that word, Peter walked on the water. Yes, Pastor Stephen, he walked on the water. Technically, technically, he walked on the word. Because if Jesus said, don't come, it, it is me, but don't come. If he'd have gotten out in that boat and tried to walk, he'd gone straight down. Okay. But because Jesus said, come, in other words, because there was a commissioning, it held him up. Well, that's a miracle. Yes. 
Yes! Any revelation from God or assignment, God's responsible for supporting it. <laughs> Not you. You can't do it. It's bigger than you. It takes the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. But you must... Oh, it's not, it's not like a, you know, an option. You must, it is an essential, have your marching orders from headquarters. And if you march on your own, you're responsible for floating that boat or your own water walking ability, which we know that can't be done unless it's God involved in it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. But I hear, I hear the armies of heaven, the messenger angels of heaven, massive, massive movement of wings, getting ready, getting ready within just a short period of time to be released from heaven with messages, understanding, the unveiling of the scroll. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm talking about genuine, having heard genuine words from the Lord and walking that out. Praise God. Praise God forever. So I would encourage you like the early disciples, not really knowing what was going to unfold or how it was going to unfold. That's that, that, that's, you know, God will take care of that. Our responsibility, get ready for it. Wait on the Lord. Yes. Pastor Stephen, I'm going to watch a lot of TV and read, read uh, all these uh, fishing magazines. No, pray, pray, really seek God, pray because this is your moment and you don't want to miss it. Father, I pray for everybody watching today that they prepare their hearts for a very special feast of Pentecost. Thank you, Father God. They shall receive a fresh anointing, a new anointing, and they shall receive something they have never heard before unveiled to them. Father, we give you praise in the name of Jesus. We all agree. And say, Amen. God loves sharing surprises. He's got a surprise for you. He's got a surprise for you. And you don't know what's coming, but it's coming. And it's a beautiful surprise. Hallelujah. Now, if you're watching today's program, and you're not aware that God is real, that God is alive, and that He talks, my friends, He's speaking to your heart right now. And he is the solution for your sin problem, which separates those who do not know God from a holy God because of their sins. And you must have a remedy for your sins or else you will be lost for all eternity. But Jesus has made a solution. He died on the cross for you and I, that as a sinless human, he could redeem lost humanity back to a holy God. Praise God. He is the Son of God. His name is Jesus. And if you would like to put your faith and trust in him right now, he'll save you and he'll give you his eternal life so that you are born again on the inside. Right now, pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus. I believe you're real. I believe you're God's only son. Jesus, come into my heart right now. Wash my sins away. I give my life to you. I give my heart to you. Jesus, write my name in your book of life. 
I don't want to miss heaven. Thank you for saving me. I belong to you now. And I'll live my life completely for you. Jesus, in your name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. My friends, those of you that have prayed that, you now belong to Jesus, your loving Lord and Savior. And he's going to begin to unveil the plan that he has for your life. You'll find out that God is a good God. Begin to study his word. And God's going to bless you as you walk with him. Praise the Lord. Serve him. 100% abandonment. Serve him with all of your heart. Praise God. Amen. Now, let us all take Holy Communion together. I would like to invite you to grab some unleavened bread. Grab some grape juice. And let's pray over it. Heavenly Father, Jesus said that this is his flesh and his blood. So we consecrate the bread and the juice. We thank you that it is now holy. This is his body, his flesh. And this is his holy, pure, cleansing blood. Father, as we receive the flesh of Jesus, we thank you that there are things we admit that you know that we don't know. But we are supposed to know in this moment that we're moving into. So, Father, we're asking for our eyes to be open, our spiritual eyes to be open, our ears to be open. We want to receive revelation knowledge. We don't want to be left out in the dark pertaining to what you're doing in the church and pertaining to what you're doing for us as individuals who make up the body of Christ. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. We call unto you and we ask that you would show us great and mighty things that we don't know. And we believe that you will do it because you said that you would answer us. Father, we base this upon your holy word. And now we receive the body of Jesus now, knowing that, his, that the word became flesh. And we receive that promise now in his name. Amen. Let's partake together. Amen. Just say this. God's going to show me. Something I don't yet know about my destiny. Say, God's going to show it to me. Mm -mm. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Hallelujah. Mm -mm. A clear purpose defined and revealed. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus that washes all of our sins away. All of the foolish, silly things that we have done where we have fallen short of your glory. Father, we ask for forgiveness through the precious blood of Jesus, which we know is able to wash us whiter than snow. Jesus, we give you praise. Father, we accept and receive the blood of Jesus and its mighty sin-cleansing power over our lives now. Thank you, Father, for the blood of Jesus. We receive it, and we, re we drink his blood now in his name. Amen. Let's partake together. Well, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Push yourself. Some of you, you've pushed yourself crazy in sports. 
You've done crazy things, pushed yourself, sacrificed your body, dove for the basketball and, you know, injured your shoulder. You've pushed yourself in all kinds of things. You pushed yourself at the bar and you stayed up to four in the morning drinking drinks before you knew Christ. Now, I admonish you in the Lord by the spirit of grace. Push yourself in seeking the face of God. Call to him in prayer. He is going to answer you just like he answered the prophet Elijah who went to Mount Horeb and God spoke to him there on the Mount. Oh, God's going to speak to you. Hallelujah. Get ready for the unveiling of the next chapter of your life. Thank you for watching today. I look forward to seeing you back next time. Let me say this just before I close. Thank you. Holy spirit. As we move into Pentecost, there were three major feasts that God said, I want you to keep these feasts eternally. That's Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. And in Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 16, the Lord said, whenever you come before me on one of these three eternal feasts, don't come before me empty-handed. My friends, we are looking at different networks and we are prayerfully considering taking the pure gold television program half hour television program and getting it onto a network or networks okay with an s but that depends upon the response of God's people and I'm praying that you would sow a special seed a Pentecost seed so that we can move the ministry message forward and take the good word of the Lord to a much larger audience of many people. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's go forward together. Let's do our part of the great commission. All you have to do is ask the Holy Spirit. Husbands and wives get together, get in, get in agreement and just ask the Holy Spirit. What should we do? What are we supposed to give and just obey the Lord? And you can bring it in on Pentecost Sunday, May 31st, or if you have it prepared and ready before then, you can bring it in at any time. And we will be praying over it and speaking blessing over it. And I believe that as you sow your seed, that you will be able to see with the eyes of the Spirit, the unveiling of the scroll of destiny that God has for you. Mm, thank you, Jesus. And thank you. Thank you, my friends, for sowing seed. Hallelujah. This is a golden opportunity to tie in to the anointing of the open heaven that's over these special feasts that God has ordained. All right. Thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing you back next time. God bless you. Bye-bye.